Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. Hi, I'm Jackie Franchilli. Welcome to a new episode of the Good Old Podcast. I hope everyone is doing well this week. And we're halfway through spring football and things are moving forward. It seems like the coaching staff is somewhat happy on where things are. Obviously, if you're a coach in college football, you're never entirely happy. So this week, we have a guest to help us break down everything that's been going around with Virginia football. And I have the pleasure of welcoming in Daily Progress's Greg Medea. Thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, th- thanks for having me on, Jackie. It's It's been busy uh, for, for this new football staff, a lot to do in their first, first spring uh, leading the Wahoos. Yeah, you know, I think the first thing for a new coaching staff is always trying to get that locker room to buy in. That That is the first big step. Um, and I don't know about you, but I feel like this is the first thing that you can tell that a lot of these players did, in fact, buy in to what they brought in. Yeah, I, I think it helps that, that Tony Elliott, of course, has the, the background in the ACC, right? And then all the success at Clemson. Uh, the, the, the college football playoff appearances, the national championships. I think there's immediate credibility there uh, for Elliott because the players have, have played in the league and they, they know what Clemson has done and they know what he's all about uh, from that point of view. And then second, when you start to hear the stories about his past and, and why he wants to be at UVA and the, the combination and the want to for a program that's really good, uh, football-wise, but also has the high academic standards. Uh, I think, Jackie, it, it, it resonates with players who, who chose to go to UVA for, for some of those reasons. And then you, you look at the staff he's assembled, and it's, it's really a nice combination and mix of, of guys who have been at, at different various stops. So the, the staff has a unique blend and perspective of, of what it takes to be successful. I think, you know, you look at a guy like Des Kitchings, longtime uh, you know, ACC assistant at NC State, had a year in the NFL uh, with the Atlanta Falcons. You, you have that background, which is extensive, deep experience at a very, very high level. Then you have Taylor Lamb, a young quarterback coach who recently played the game, right? He was a star at App State in the Sun Belt. And uh, to me, you just have a nice mix. You have guys, with, you know, military uh, academy stops with with defensive coordinator John Rodzinski and his, his secondary coach too, Karome Cox. So for, for me, I think you look at it and you just see a lot of different backgrounds coming together for the first time and, and, and they align. A lot of their thoughts align, though, with what Tony Elliott wants to bring to UVA uh, and that, that model program that, that you've heard so much about through the first, you know, since December, since he got the job, really. Uh, so to me, I think that's why maybe the players have, have bought in, at least the ones we've talked to uh, through, through the first part of spring ball. And if you're on our YouTube channel right now, the video that you're seeing right now is for the practice that was open on Saturday. That was only the second practice that was open to the media. And we finally got to see them in pads. And what I liked about this practice, Greg, was the first time that we got to see them do individual drills, not sort of like it was broken down in position, but we really got to see what this staff has been talking about to us in the, these interviews is that they're working on fundamentals. 
We saw the defense. What was the main problem last year? Well, there were several, but the first one was missed tackles and tackling. And what they were doing on Saturday, they were doing tackling drills. And then more on the offense, they were doing more about ball control. But I really like seeing the defense and what they were doing. And you saw what they've been talking about. You saw that more physicality. And you saw the energy that Tony Elliott has been saying about this defense and the speed of the practice. Now, I was gassed just seeing them run from one drill to the other. What was something that you took from those minutes that we were able to see? Yeah, I, I think the pace of practice, first of all, is, is really important. You get the sense that Tony Elliott doesn't want to waste his players' time uh, and that there, there's a purpose to, to practicing that fast, right? It, it serves as uh, conditioning in addition uh, to the ability to get things done in a timely fashion. So you're, you're kind of knocking out two birds with one stone. And throughout the course of a football season, right, as you get deeper into, you know, late October, November, uh, you know, you, you want to be able to have your legs under you. And then this type of practice routine, this type of practice atmosphere, I think creates that uh, where you're constantly on the go and there is a high level of expectation to be on from one thing to the next. And I think the tackling too, John Rodzinski, when, when he first spoke uh, to us, the media that back in February, uh, he, he had kind of vowed that it was going to be this, this spring was going to be about tackling. It was going to be about the fundamentals and you're seeing the coaches break it down uh, in, the, in the tackling circuit. And I, I think that's very, very important. I think you'll start to see them improve as it goes along uh, for Virginia's defensive backs, uh, the, 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 the one we spoke to on, on Monday and Antonio Clary, uh, the safety, he, he had said, you know, he, he thinks they're, they're, they're getting better fundamentally. And a couple other uh, defensive backs have noticed that too. I think Anthony Johnson has said the same thing after the first day of practice that even on day one, there was huge emphasis on fundamentals. And I think that's going to be something to watch because how do you get better at tackling? You, you practice it, right? And I know there's limitations as things uh, kind of go in, in college football now as to how much you can hit and uh, you know how, how much tackling can be done during a practice, especially as you get closer to the regular season. Uh, but to, to take advantage of the time you do have is important. I think that's where UVA is starting before, you know, they're, they're kind of stressing that before all the scheme stuff. And, and, and while the scheme is important, uh, you better be able to run, you better be able to hit uh, because, because that, that's, that's, that's very important as well. Yeah, actually, we had Anthony Johnson on our podcast last week, and he was pretty adamant in how much he liked how the practices have been going. And he told us a story, actually, that if you get a turnover in practice, you get a visor. So they're, he's trying to hunt for a visor right now. He, uh, we haven't asked him how he's doing now, but during the podcast, he has yet to uh, get himself a visor. But he's also wearing a green jersey on Saturday, so he's a little bit limited in practice. And that actually, it's my next thing is when we were out there, there were several players with green jerseys. You know, we we, we knew they were going to be banged up a little bit this spring. We knew numbers was going to be an issue. Anyone would have noticed that just from the, I guess, the activity around the transfer portal. Right. But it is kind of hindering the spring practice a bit um, on the O-line. Sometimes they only had eight healthy offensive linemen. That's that's a tall order for you to install an offense. And then on defense, Coach Cox was talking about it today. Sometimes they're only running on too deep in the safety position. Um, so when you're looking at UVA right now, I know we're going to talk a little bit about more detail, who's running the first team, who's running the second team. It looks like this spring, it really isn't about cementing that depth chart. It really is about starting this 
team out and a fresh start. And I don't want to say kind of brush aside everything from the old staff. I'm saying about it's about building what they did in the old staff and kind of trying to trying to find a balance between what the old staff did and what this staff is doing and trying to figure out a way to do similarities, but in a different manner, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think I think first of all, Tony Elliott's trying to establish his culture, his routines. Uh, and then as far as the the systems and the scheme goes, they're trying to figure out probably what players fit best where uh, within the offense, within the defense. Like I look at that defensive line and they've got a good number of defensive linemen playing. I'm sure they're trying to figure out who may fit best as an edge rusher. They have a lot of those kind of in-between type bodies, type athletes uh, that could maybe fit as a, as a three, four defensive end or maybe as an edge rusher. So I think you're, you're kind of assessing a lot of that if you're UVA right now, just trying to get a feel for your personnel. And Tony Elliott talked about it a little bit on Saturday uh, after the practice that even on offense, uh, they're, they're trying a, a wide spectrum, wide scoping. It's something I wrote about uh, for, for Sunday's paper at the Daily Progress is, is that, you know, you're trying to figure out exactly what you'll be good at. So you may run and you may install so many different plays and concepts and, and have one thing build off of the next. But at the same time, uh, you know, come fall camp or come, you know, that first game week of the season, you'll start paring it down and you'll start really concentrating on what you're good at. But right now, him and his staff, both offensively and defensively, are trying to figure out exactly what their personnel fits uh, within things they want to do or things they think they can do. Uh, I thought it was really interesting when when Tony was talking about some of the wide receivers and that he started to get a little bit excited when, when he mentioned, you know, the, the possibility of Lavelle Davis and Malachi Fields playing at the same time and then changing up the speed with what they can do using Dontavian Wicks uh, and Keaton Thompson. So I think there's a lot of different possibilities. And this spring is about as, as much as they are installing their systems and schemes and trying to set their, their culture, they're trying to figure out what their players are good at uh, because come fall, they probably want to have a little bit more concise plan about how to prepare for the season and, and, and hone in on those, those strengths. Yeah, actually, I think the one of the best quotes that we've had, or at least the best insight, is when we got Taylor Lamb on and he said, we're just going to have to let Brennan be Brennan. I, I think that was, you know, you always have a problem with a new staff, not always, but there's always a, an issue that possibly could happen when you have a new staff come to town where you're trying to do something with what your system works with players that weren't you know, you didn't recruit these players. So are you trying to do something that just doesn't fit? Yeah. But this staff is coming in saying we have these pieces. And especially when you consider the piece that you have is a guy called Brandon Armstrong. You want to do what he's strong at. And what I like is hearing that he's been in meetings and he's saying, if you like this particular play, we're going to do this play. Um, and I think that's something that as this spring goes and as the off season goes, because anytime you talk to a quarterback's coach or a head coach, the biggest part of the quarterback's development is being spring and fall camp. So this is the opportunity where, you know, they're going to build on the chemistry. They're going to really go into the offensive playbook. It's going to be interesting to see how this team evolves offensively. Cause I know a lot of UVA fans, when I, when I keep quoting Tony Elliott saying that the defense won the day, some fans go, well, should I be worried then about the offense? But at the same time, you can understand the offense is trying to trying to get new pieces in. But also the O-line is a huge factor and why they can't really work on timing. And we touched upon this earlier. 
they only have eight healthy linemen on some occasions. Sometimes they're able to weasel away with 10, but that's too little linemen when you're, when you're working at, at this pace, Greg. And also when you're trying to instill an offense and up-tempo offense, uh, up-tempo practice that Tony Elliott has been holding, it, it's going to have a struggle to really do walkthroughs and all that. But so before we carry on, so during Saturday's practice, we found out a couple of first team options there. It was Logan Taylor, Noah Josie, Justice Johnson, Derek Devine, and Jonathan Leach. Those were some of the players that was in that first team. Logan Taylor was limited, so he didn't do the second walkthrough with the 11s. What was your initial impression when you when you looked at the offensive line just for the, you know, we only see about 30 minutes of practice and we didn't see much of them going through the walkthroughs. But what was your initial impression of that group? Yeah, I, I think it's a group and it's interesting, right? Because some of those guys had, had to work with the second team, too, just because they needed uh, they, they needed bodies with that second group. And, and I think that's probably that this is one thing that stands out to me. That's probably a good thing for some of those guys who don't have all the experience, because I I, I think. First of all, you, you look at a couple of those players like Derek Devine. He's he's playing multiple positions, taking primarily go, snaps at guard, but also getting reps at tackle. That's probably a good thing in the long run, right? When when some of these grad transfers eventually get in, Mac Hollensteiner from from Georgetown, um, and 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 John Paul Flores from Dartmouth. I, I think to to me that that's good. You want to have guys that are able to be versatile, and it, it sounds like from from what Devine was saying that. You know, he understands that. And while primarily he's working at guard, uh, he's an older player who wants to get on the field. So I think the more you can expose them to different things, that's a positive. Of course, it's tough to, to get through a practice uh, and and get through, you know, an entire 15 uh, sessions to, to make it to the spring game with, with that few offensive linemen on the roster. But I think it also provides a lot of opportunities for players you could potentially be relying on come fall. So I think it, it's kind of a double-edged sword. From one point of view, it's it's tough to practice. But from the other point of view, those players are getting a lot of good reps. And for, for Garrett Touje, who has to rebuild this offensive line kind of on the fly, I think that's positive. And he probably likes working you know, repetitively with a lot of the same offensive linemen uh, over and over again because he really gets to see you know, what they can do, what they can't do. Uh, and and that's that's a step in the right direction and a part of developing and figuring out what this new look starting five is going to be. You, you think the grad transfers are going to are going to factor into it, but you also need some players within the program to step up. And there are opportunities there. Uh, you know, I think for, for for Justice Johnson at center, there's there's one Ty Furnish is another player who's been in the mix at a couple of different spots. It looked like Saturday center and guard uh, an interior player. Uh, I think that's that's certainly a, a positive for them is is that they're getting opportunities, they're getting snaps, and they have an opportunity uh, to to win a job. I think Touje had a great line uh, when when he said, you know, it'd be embarrassing if somebody walked in and fall camp after you've had 15 practices and take your job. Uh, so to me, I, I think there's 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 good and bad with it, uh, but but good for the personnel involved that they have the chance. Yeah, from our interview with Coach TJ, um, although, again, they're working in different positions. Uh, yeah. Ty Furnish and Justice, Justice Johnson have been working at center. Derek Devine and sophomore Noah Josie are your guards. Uh, Jonathan Leach and Charlie Patterson are working at your tackles. Leach, um, Leach seems to be a guy who's having a good camp, too. Yes, and he looks 
I don't want to say he looks bigger because he was always a big guy, but he looks like he's toned more. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he was hurt a little bit last season as well. So it's it's good to see him out there. And he seemed more engaged just from seeing him in the last couple of practices. Um, we've heard a lot about Noah Josie, but we've been hearing a lot about Noah Josie since he stepped foot on grounds last summer. So it seems like this could be a good breakout season for him. He's one of the young guys that could step up. And then obviously Derek Devine. I think a, a lot of people, because he's a fifth year, he's one of the older guys. He got hurt last year, uh, filled in for Glazer a bit during the spring. And it seemed like he was on par to have a breakout season last year and got hurt. So he's the forgotten man on this offensive line. We talk about, oh, he doesn't have experience. He doesn't have experience. But look, you have a guy who's experienced what it takes to be an offensive lineman. He's learned from the guys ahead of him. And he's been in 2J's you know, locker room. He's been in this group for five years. So if you had to look at one guy that could kind of really cement himself a leader of the group, it's going to be Derek Devine. And it seems like he's really doing that. Um, you've yeah. seen him to be pretty vocal at practice. He, he stayed, right, for, for all the transfers that, that – that we 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 I wrote about you talked about I'm sure through through uh, you know in the days Bronco in the days after Bronco Mendenhall left he, he's a guy who stayed uh, and I think that there, there's a lot of you, you gain a lot of credibility with your teammates there uh, for for being the one guy in the room who's been around who knows what what the old line coach Garrett Touje expects who knows what you know what it's like to, to hear Brennan Armstrong command a huddle a little bit or at least shout out plays. Uh, so, so to me, I think y- you have instant credibility there if you're divine, simply because you stuck around and you want to see uh, where the offensive line can grow and and how you could potentially fit in it. So, I think that uh, that's a that's a really good point. And, and kind of moving from, I think this is a good way to segue to running backs because when you have a good O line, you can cement yourself a good running game. Unfortunately, we haven't seen much of the run game and all the times that we've we've been out there. But just looking at the depth chart and hearing what Tony Elliott said uh, in his post-practice um, interview on Saturday, it's it's unfortunate news that Ronnie Walker got yeah. hurt. And, you know, the, he says he's not going to be back in spring, but he also said they don't know how long he's out. And then the word extended amount of time out seems like he, it could be a, a it could be a while till he comes back. We don't know if he's going to be available for fall camp for the season. But then uh, 24 hours later, they're out there offering a transfer portal running back, a grad transfer out of Buffalo, Dylan McDuffie. So you can assume that they're going to be hunting for the running back because of they're going to need bodies in there. When you look at that group, Greg, I, I really am interested in Mike Hollins. Um, I think he's a guy that everyone wants to see uh, just, just kind of develop into that main running back. I think everyone knew that he – during the old system, he needed to work on sometimes his blocking and just uh, just being in the right position at the right time. But it seems like he's slowly, you know, adjusting to this new staff. And it seems like Elliot, this last practice might have had that light bulb moment from what we can tell. Yeah, and I, I think it sounded like Elliot it was really happy with them because he hadn't quite seen maybe the level of energy or commitment needed on every snap basis. Maybe he's seen flashes. Uh, I don't want to speak for, for, for Tony Elliott in that regard, but maybe he, it sounded like that, that he's, he's maybe seen some flashes through the first two weeks of practice. And then all of a sudden 
uh, on Saturday, something something really worked for Holland. Maybe it's you know more touches after Walker's injury. And I think as far as the position group goes, right, running backs a spot where you know you'll hear all college football coaches say it is, is you can never have enough depth at running back because of the nature of the position and how it gets banged up. But I know UVA hasn't maybe been commit committed to the run in the past, like like it probably will be uh, this year with with both Tony Elliott and Des Kitchings, the offensive coordinator, saying that they're going to be balanced, meaning that they're going to have to be able to run the football when they need to and throw it whenever they need to. Uh, but there's going to be a run game in there, and, and a big part of the, the offense will be, uh, you know, f- featured with the running game. So I think at that spot, you know, the fact that they're looking at a grad transfer doesn't surprise me because that, that's a position just based on, you know, track record and uh, and and how many hits a running back takes throughout the course of a year. You're going to need, you know, probably three, probably, probably four to get through a season. Uh, so I, I think the more depth you can have at running back, that the better off you're, you're you're suited if you're UVA. You have all the depth in the world at receiver. Uh, you, you probably need it more at running back. Yeah, I, I think the I think the transfer portal is going to be very busy for Virginia once April 24th comes along. I think as soon as that spring game happens, I, I mean, they're going to offer kids from oh, yeah. here on out. But I think once April 23rd happens, I think we're going to see a lot more movement. That's I wouldn't bad. be shocked if they offer more running backs, more tight ends, right. and even a, a DB here and there, and possibly even O-linemen. Um, you know, they're still going after Tyler Steen, <laughs> uh, the Vandy offensive line. And from everything we've been hearing, UVA is right there with Alabama. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see his brother, Blake Steen, committed to UVA and signed in February. So Maybe that sibling connection might help Virginia there. But um, after this quick word from our sponsors, we'll be right back and we'll talk about some of the guys who have stood out during spring practice and we will get some insight into the baseball team as well. So stick around. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Welcome back. And here joining me is Daily Progress's Greg Medea. So, Greg, you know, we've been talking about spring football and some of the things that we've been watching, like the offensive linemen, the defense and their physicality. But one thing we're also seeing is some new faces stepping up, guys that we could see raising their stock this spring, because, again, it's a fresh start. New staff in town. There's there's no preconception. There's no seniority here. Everyone is starting fresh. And I wanted to hear your thoughts and who do you think could really gain this week? We've already seen a couple of things. Obviously, we're halfway through spring ball. But who do you want to see more of? And who do you think has risen their stock already as prepared for the April 23rd spring game? 
Yeah, I think I think first on defense, you got to look at the cornerback, William Simpkins. Uh, he's been a guy that that both Tony Elliott and Karome Cox have spoken pretty highly about. And uh, there's work to do there in terms of, you know, polishing raw skill. But it, it seems like he, he's starting to understand a sophomore, uh, starting to figure it out a little bit, the Gaithersburg, Maryland native. So I, I think – I think for for Simpkins, that's that's positive. And for UBA secondary, that's positive because you're always looking for players in the secondary who can cover. Uh, and then I think on offense, I, we, we talked about Lee Chiretti. He He's kind of been one guy that that stuck out, and you're starting to think that that maybe could be a, a starting tackle uh, for Virginia. But it, it also on offense, I'll mention uh, Malachi Fields, who is is apparently pushing Lavelle Davis for for playing time, and uh, the, you know the Monticello product, local kid. Uh, Malachi Fields, maybe he fits into this offense a little bit differently. That first group of receivers, at least Saturday, was Fields, Thompson, and Wicks. And it was a little surprising to see Fields with that group instead of uh, Davis. So that, that that to me, is an interesting storyline. Probably a great position battle to keep an eye on, not only through the rest of the spring, but probably into the, the August training camp, too. Uh, that, that Malachi Fields, Lavelle Davis uh, did battle. I think you could say, and it'll be interesting to see how Billy Kemp fits in too. Once he gets back uh, at the receiver position, maybe more of a slot and paired there with Thompson. Uh, but to me, I, I think that's one position battle to really keep an eye on Fields versus Davis. Man, every, every time I hear all those wide receivers in that one room, you're just like, if I was an opposing defense, I'm like, who do, who do we even who do we even practice for? Like it's so many different options and you have Brendan Armstrong under center, which means like all the stuff we're talking about, the O-line is so crucial for Virginia as we look next season. And uh, I think that would open up the running game a little bit, right? I mean, we we thought that last year too, didn't we? But Virginia didn't run the football. Exactly. (laughs) I think, I think now you have a coach that's a little more committed, uh, offensive coordinator. that's a little more committed to being balanced. So maybe there's ways to leverage, uh, all those standout wide receivers and, and you know, returning fifth-year experienced quarterback, one of the best quarterbacks coming back in the country uh, to, to aid your running game. Yeah, it's a, it's a sh- really, when you think about it, it's such a shame that Devin Darrington wasn't given another year by the NCAA. And when you, when you think of all this stuff now, you're listing, a, you're, you're <laughs> listing all this stuff, and you're like, man, if they had Devin Darrington or if Wayne Talapapa decided to stay here for one more year, you're like, oh, the, you could see that running back room. Um, although there's a lot of talent in there, having those veterans in there would, uh, would have saved them a trip to the transfer portal. Yeah. But just kind of bouncing off you, I think one guy – I was impressed with on Saturday was Chico Bennett. Oh, you know, we talk yeah. about that linebacker room and obviously Nick Jackson is just, you know, I think, uh, I think I'm going to quote Tony Elliott. Nick Jackson is just well, Nick Jackson. So he's still doing well. And he's a guy who's really taken ownership of that room. He's, he has the last year as well. Um, but I'm really interested to see how Chico, Chico Bennett fits in. Um, he, he had that blocked field goal. Um, he looks really healthy, which is a, which is, great for UVA. He came in for Georgia Tech and got hurt and didn't have, couldn't factor last year. And I think we, you know, you touched on this because some of those guys in the linebacker room were originally recruited as edge rushers. And then because they switched their system, got changed. Um, Deshaun Perry is one guy that I'm thinking of, and he struggled when he changed positions. I, I, I think he's going to be one that would benefit 
from moving on to the outside. And that, that's a guy who has a lot of talent. He played South Florida ball coming from Gulliver prep. So I, I want to, I'm curious to see if he's one that moves out to the edge. And like Tony Elliott says, you can't have enough edge rushers on your team. So that that's a guy that I'm curious to see too, how he develops. Um, and then on that, you know, we we focus so much on the O-line and rightfully so because of the offense you have. I'm curious about the D-line because last year, one of the things that I, I wanted to see more of because you know, I came on the beat for the first time last year, and the only thing I heard was Bronco Mendenhall's defense causes havoc, and I didn't see that havoc. Um, and when you look at, you know, Jameer Carter, he looks very fit. When you look out for him, you can see, you know, his dad posts a lot of Twitters have been working out, and he looks to part, and he doesn't look as, you know, as a big guy. You expect him to be a little more gassed when he moves from drills to drills, but he didn't seem to be as gassed. So I'm looking at him. I'm also looking at Ben Smiley. Um, so I'm looking at those guys to kind of raise their stock a little bit, especially, you know, once, you know, cause Sue was out for a little bit for sickness. So with him out, you see those guys and those guys are trying to cement their role on, on the D line. And then at tight end, you know, we touched about that. They're going to go to the transfer portal to probably, you know, they, they wanted to add Steve Stilianos, but he then obviously went to Iowa. So I imagine that they're going to go back into the transfer portal and offer more tight ends. I'm looking at Josh Rawlings. Um, you know, at he's, big. Brandon, he's big. You know, <laughs> you're, you're missing on Jelani Woods here. You need to get some height there. And he's a big guy. And, you know, Grant Mish, bless him. Every time you look at film from last year and some of those big Brennan Armstrong runs, who was the guy blocking for him? It was usually Grant Mish. So, yes, I, I think he's going to be a, a, a good guy on the field, but I think Josh Rawlings, and good thing he decided to come back from the transfer portal. He was a guy that Tony Elliott was able to convince the back. I think he's the one, and you're gonna actually going to see video of him right now. Uh, great timing. The tight ends are showing here. <laughs> you're gonna. He's the one that I think um, could really step out, especially if they are not successful in the transfer portal. So those are the uh, the big things that I'm looking at. I'm looking at tight end and D line. And obviously linebacker, um, I guess I'm more focused on the defense after last year, apart from the tight end room. But, you know, we've talked a lot about football. And obviously everything's talking about football. There's new energy around the program with Tony Elliott. But let's talk about the energy at the dish right now. My goodness. You know, I haven't been able to get to the dish yet because of all the stuff's going on by football. But those, those bats are pretty on fire there. Yeah, Jackie, it's it's unbelievable. I mean, they're they're twenty five and three, uh, and then yesterday they had the the Big Ten run inning against Georgia Tech uh, to, to to help them take that series against the Yellow Jackets, and it's really just a dangerous lineup all the way through one through nine. Uh, there, there's nobody in that lineup that can't hit or that that's an easy out. You can't pitch around anybody. Uh, not to mention you have Jake Geloff in the middle of everything in that cleanup spot, and he's just putting the ball out of the ballpark on a regular basis, driving in runs. He leads the country in home runs with 14, leads the country in RBIs uh, with 51, leads the country in slugging percentage. Uh, and then he's, he's also eighth nationally and on base percentage and batting average. So it tells you a little bit about the season he's having. He's probably a contender at this point for national player of the year and, and, and probably has a pretty good shot at it if he keeps – uh, this pace up. So he's been unbelievable. He has protection in the lineup with Alex Tappen hitting behind him. And then Kyle Teal, of course, the catcher, the backstop. He's been really, really good hit, hitting 
uh, especially with the bases loaded too. He's got three grand slams already. So this this team is is really deep, uh, has a really deep lineup. Uh, they're getting pretty good starts, uh, pretty good quality pitching out of Nate Savino uh, and Brian Gursky. Jake Barry was added to the pitching staff, and then their bullpen. Uh, something I'm writing about this week is has been pretty deep, and that wasn't something they they expected going into the year. They thought they had a shot, but uh, with so many new arms, Jay Wolfolk, the quarterback, uh, backup quarterback included in that mix, uh, they've been really good out of the bullpen too. I was actually gonna say Jay Wolfolk, that guy. I don't know what how he does it, but he's been <laughs> he's been you know we've seen him in the first practice of spring. He was there early morning, and that evening, it was a Tuesday, that evening UK baseball had a home game. So he comes in. He, he doesn't really practice. He was just, you know, following the drills with Brendan Armstrong and Davis Lane and Raymond. They were just – he was there listening, maybe throw here and there, but not actively participating. But the thing is, he was there. He's listening to what Coach Lamb is saying, trying to soak it in. He goes to meetings whenever he can, or he goes to the coaches and asks them. And then he goes out and has a great inning – or two for UVA baseball. And I think it's wonderful when Elliot, you know, he was asked about Jay in his post practice on Saturday. And you can obviously see the joy in Tony Elliott. Um, you know, there's a, you know, covering recruiting, you always hear like, oh, sure, you can have a two sport <laughs> athlete, but it's really hard to do that. And also, it's sometimes at, at some point, these uh, athletes either decide it's not for me or some college coaches say, like, we can't do this. Um, and they don't even offer the option, but Elliot obviously seems to enjoy it. He's a baseball guy too. And what have you seen from Jay Wolfick when he does go out there? It's, it's been, it's been unbelievable to watch and, and you, you can't do it unless you have the support of your coaches. So you're totally right there. Uh, Jackie, Tony Elliott and, and Brian O'Connor, each supportive of, of Jay doing both sports. So it's, uh, it's, it's really, really impressive. And he's, he's been so good. I mean, he's, He's hit 95, 96 miles an hour on a radar gun with the fastball. He's striking people out. He was really good against Georgia Tech, probably the toughest competition he's faced uh, this season. This past Friday night, they lost the game 6-4, but he had three scoreless innings and and kept giving the offense uh, a chance to to go ahead and and try to win the game uh, with his his shutdown innings in relief. he struck out Kevin Parada, the Georgia Tech catcher, who is probably going to be drafted within the first five, ten picks of this summer's MLB draft. Uh, so it kind of tells you where Jay's at baseball-wise. He's been he's been really, really good out of the bullpen. They can trust um, trust him. He's not their closer, but he's a late-inning guy. Uh, their closer is Will Gertis, but uh, you know he, they 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 go to him often, and 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 he he's he's delivered. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, we we saw a glimpse of what Jay can do when he came in for Brendan Armstrong against that game yeah. in Notre Dame, against BYU especially, when he, here he comes on the road against BYU and didn't show those freshman tendencies. So obviously he he's okay in the bigger spotlight. So with all of his baseball, you know, tradition and um, experience, it does certainly help. And what I, I want to just ask you one more thing about baseball. It seems like the atmosphere has certainly taken a turn on uh, at the dish. You know, Coach Brian O'Connor has made it his job, second job, is to get people in the stands. Um, they're doing Taco Tuesdays. They're, I think it's free kids every Sunday now. Yeah, so if- free, free kids all the time. Anybody eighteen and under gets in the ballpark for free. It's a, I mean, it's a great, it's a great thing for for people. You know, people with kids and they can bring them. Uh, and, and it's really created a lively atmosphere. I mean, yesterday, uh, Sunday was just 
unbelievable. The crowd, they were into the game. Uh, they had 5,000 plus, I think it was 5,200 something, uh, setting a new record. Yeah, 5,286 5, fan, which was a new park attendance record. Yeah, uh, just just unbelievable. And I, I think it's something that, you know, for, for all the success Virginia has had, it's something that, that should be there for them baseball-wise, you know. Five trips to Omaha, national championship. They went to Omaha last year. Uh, so I, I think it's it's only a good thing uh, for, for UVA. Yeah, it seems like the I, I, I think it's a Coach Oaks Ticks is the uh, Twitter handle now for it. Uh, <laughs> so that's what I'm looking over here. So uh, if you're interested in going to the baseball game, again, it's at Coach Oaks Ticks. Um, so then you can uh, follow him on Twitter and also just get the details on. They do a lot of specialties things during the games, and they really want fans in the stands. I think I think all UVA sports are really trying to push that. We've heard, we've heard it from. Virginia football. We heard it from the new Virginia women's basketball coach. She's trying to put an effort in the community. We've heard it from Tony Bennett. So I, I think this is going to be something that we hear a lot from across uh, UVA sports. Well, Greg, thank you so much for being on our podcast today. I really do appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me, Jackie. Appreciate it. And, uh, you know, was was happy to do it. Remember, we'll have a brand new episode of the Good Old Podcast on Tuesday. It'll be available on anywhere that you listen to your podcast. We are already on Apple and on Spotify. You can also see the video version of the podcast on our YouTube channel. So make sure you subscribe to the channel and also hit the bell so you are notified when a new episode has been loaded up. And make sure you also review and rate our podcast on Apple. For Greg Medea, I'm Jackie Franchule. Hope you all have a good rest of your week. Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.